Welcome to the Left of Straight Show, where we talk entertainment, music, books, foodies, and more each week with special guest interviews of interest to the LGBTQ community and our straight allies. Direct from the entertainment capital of Northeast Ohio. Northeast Ohio. Your host, Scott Fullerton, chats with some of your favorite entertainers, celebrities, newsmakers, and behind-the-scenes people across the country and around the world who make it all happen. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and let's start talking. gentlemen and fabulous folks from all walks of life welcome back to another great interview here on the leftist trade show i'm your host as always scott fullerton and over the past eight years i've had the privilege to dive deep into the worlds of countless artists activists and all around just amazing individuals and today is no exception we have the vibrant captivating and absolutely fabulous drag artist who has shared her transformation journey from the bible bet to the bustling stages of New York City, the incomparable Jessica Lahore is here. Jessica, the first came about in Fort Collins, Colorado at Colorado State University Drag Show. From there, she couldn't be stopped performing from once a semester in college to now full time, usually at least six nights a week, it seems. Jessica's continued to thrive and level up time and time again. She's been recognized as being an example of hustling to make your dreams, goals, and aspirations come true, from being best new queen on the scene to Colorado's Drag Entertainer of the Year. Jessica's built a strong empire and prides herself on elevating the Colorado drag scene, and I'm so happy to get to know her for the very first time in the Left of Straight show. Please welcome Miss Jessica Lahore. Jessica, how are we doing? Hi, I'm doing so good. What an introduction. Oh my goodness, I forgot about some of those things. Thank you. Well, I am excited to have you on. It's so great to have you and all dolled up for us and everything. I, I think you're only maybe the first, if not only the second person to ever come on and drag. Yeah. Amigos. I'm excited. Perfect. I love it. Well, welcome to you. Um, Left of Straight Show, we always have first two questions. It goes out to everybody. Tell us where you grew up, what kind of a kid were you, and what got you into the entertainment business? Yeah, so I grew up, technically, I say this, I say Chicago because nobody really knows the suburbs, but I lived in a small town called Huntley, and I was born in Elgin in Illinois. Um, tiny cornfields, houses in the middle of cornfields, takes 30 minutes to get to a grocery store, it's 15 minutes to school, everybody went to the same school. Um, small, it was just a small town. And so I grew up there for quite a while, up until about seventh grade, and then I moved to Colorado, eighth grade, stayed in Colorado through college, and I've been here since. Um, the type of kid that I was was definitely not what you would think. I guess the same things, qualities carried over, very kooky, very weird, very energetic, um, always a people person. I'm, even as a kid, was an introverted extrovert. I love my alone time, but I love being around people and dancing and being the life of the party. Um, and as a kid, I was always like a little entrepreneur trying to find ways to sell things and go into business with, with around my neighborhood or even at school. So that's kind of carried over. 
Um, but I really didn't dive into the entertainment world officially until high school. Stayed in theater, uh, stayed in opera through college and performing arts, whether that be choir or um, band, theater things. And then I decided to try drag out after a while. And it kind of fit in all the different things that I, I wanted to accomplish, you know, doing live performances, having my own business and, uh, you know, ed educating people or talking to people. So it was really cool. That's kind of like, that's like the spark notes version. I love that. Fantastic. Well, thank you for filling us in on that. I mean, your alter ego, Zachary Sullivan, Zachary identifies as trans, non-binary, non gender fluid, queer human. I love that love showcasing their own work and uh, talk about when did you first come out to yourself? Who was the first person you told and when do you think you first kind of found your tribe? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I first came out to myself or I had an inkling. So I went from being straight to straight with revenge. It was not a good time in my life. I wanted to get back on gay men because they hurt me, but I was still straight, but I was going to break their heart. Um, and so that's how I went. Then I was bisexual. Then I decided I was going to be a gay man. And then I decided to be gender fluid. And then I decided to be non-binary. And now I decided to be a trans non-binary human, which means I wake up and whatever the day brings me, I'm still the same person. It just, I can change, ebb and flow. Um, and so that's kind of like my identity journey a little bit of like how I came to be with that. That's amazing, though, that we're able to do that and kind of learn to be ourselves, right? Because we all change constantly, and sometimes you feel one way one day and the next the other, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I love we don't want to live that. That's it, period. And when did you kind of first start finding your tribes out there? Was it college when you started doing drag, or when did you kind of find like-minded people that you were able to hang out with and kind of who got you? Yeah, I think that was honestly just right before COVID and then COVID really kicked it into gear about where my people actually stayed or like where my, my tribe was. The people that not only were my chosen family, but people that were actually my family members who was going to be willing to stick around, who wanted to put in as much work as I did. And so I found my group of people a little bit before COVID and, and truly because COVID pushed that agenda on everybody to figure out who you're going to talk to and build those right. relationships with so um i now i'd say probably in the last three years have truly found my people but it took a long oh, time that's awesome yeah that's so cool i love hearing that yeah. well i mean you're known as a philanthropist an mc producer drag artist entertainer you you kind of do it all in colorado there yeah. tell uh, tell me where it came from drag queen in college to a full-time gig i mean you're working hard. I look at your schedule just for the rest of the month. I think you have 14 gigs in 12 days coming up or something. Yeah. Um, it really slowly progressed. I, I always had the idea in the back of my mind when I started drag that I wanted to do it full time, but it wasn't feasible. I knew nothing about how to do that. Um, I went to college for business and I would say some things carried over, but a lot of the things didn't retain from my business degree. Uh, but I guess some of the social aspects did carry over. So a lot of it was building the brand of what I wanted Jessica to be working on her as a whole. But I was working two other jobs at the time. I got fired from one. Um, after I graduated, I lost the other one. And I took that as a sign. 
uh, that I needed to do this full time. So I just jumped into it. I decided to start traveling and start, um, you know, putting my name in every hat that I could, started producing my own events because at the time, if people didn't want to book you or put you in a show, you had to create your own opportunity. So started producing events, hosting events, uh, and that even transitioned where I was just producing most of the time, then I was performing most of the time. Right now, it's such a balance of, of, work in the gay bars and, and the queer scene and work within corporations, private events, parties. Um, I get to do consulting, so entertainment consulting. I get to do inclusivity consulting. Um, I get to do, you know, MCs, photos, modeling. So it, it's kind of expanded that it's not just me lip syncing anymore and performing. It's it's like, what is my entertainment business offer and how can I best fit the needs for what you need? And granted, I'm not I'm not a gold star at everything, but the things that I feel confident in are, I will put out there. And if I don't know how to do it, I will damn well figure it out. That's for sure. There you go. That's a great way to put it too. And we're going to plug your website at the end, but I mean, just looking at the things that can book you for, you do a uh, jack of all trades there, which I really like a lot. And I wanted to talk about your business degree because I saw you got one in college. Yeah. Drag really is a business when you get into it full time. When when do you kind of make that leap? Because none of us really want to do the business part of it, especially as an entertainer, right? How yeah. do you kind of find the time to juggle that balance between being a business person and being a performer? You know, I did it for I did it for of the ten years that I've been doing drag, seven I've done full time as a business. The first six months were of me deciding to do full-time drag were probably the worst months of my life uh <laughs> leading into the next year and a half being the most depressing most like starving artist you know figure it out and it's because i didn't know anything uh it, it became easier and easier to run things as a business once i learned how to balance both uh personal life and professional life uh finding my own systems sticking to them what are my morals as a business? And I can't go back. I have to stick with what I believe and what I want my, my company to be. It's, you know, my small business to be how I wanted to interact with people. And you learn and you grow from mistakes and you learn that balance a little bit easier. And once you're taking care of yourself outside of entertainment, it makes business easier. And then it just kind of meshes together. Some days are awful, like any other person. Some days are great. But if you can find a way to function, I think that it just takes time. It's time. It's practice. It's dedication. You know, uh, somebody doing it one year versus 10 years is going to have a lot of different experiences, but hopefully that person can, person can help them get there sooner than it took me to get there. Well said. And how do you balance Zachary into it? I mean, a drag queen's life is primarily at night. There's some drag brunches and some day events, but what is it just exactly your time to be you and be on your own? Or do you kind of have to find another life for that? Because I see you're a model, you're with an agency for that. How do you kind of fit that in there as well? You know, uh, in terms of creating my own identity for Zach, I really lost who that person was. And I didn't really realize how much I lost Zach in the process of drag and Jessica being the face of everything. And, and I know I keep referring to COVID, but um, there were a lot of really sad moments during COVID where I had some really close friends, one in particular that lost their life during COVID. Um, and going to their, their funeral, going to their memorial with everything going on, it was a really big game changer for how I wanted to show up in the world. Um, and I hate that that is such, that was the trigger for me to have this realization. Um, but this person that passed away, Skylar, 
uh, was one of the most vibrant people in every space. They were not afraid to take up space. They were not afraid to uh, sit at a table with everybody um, and allow new people to come into their circle. They were colorfully dressed all the time. They were kind to everybody. Um, and I realized that I wasn't any of the things that I, I see in Skylar. I didn't feel any of those things. So I started taking care of myself, uh, started taking doing things for me, whether that was, you know, uh, getting a haircut regularly or getting health insurance or, uh, you know, putting silicone in my lips, whatever is something made me feel better. I started spending more time focusing on Zach, uh, focusing on things that made me happy, saying no to working, which is really hard when you're a yes person, uh, taking time off to spend with loved ones, boyfriend, family members, and really uh, putting in the work, the work that I put into Jessica, put into Zach, because she can't exist if I'm not existing healthily. Right. Uh, and so that progressed and it, it became a more normal, natural thing for somebody that doesn't like to do kind things for themselves all the time or spoil themselves. Uh, in the last two years, I really focused on, on making myself feel special. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. It's so important. And a lot, a lot of us, me included, learn it way too late in life. So very good on you for that. Yeah. And one of the things I love about you is, I mean, we have all the controversy really flaring up the last couple of years about drag and Tennessee and Florida, but you were pretty much an early adopter. I mean, back in 2018, you created um, Miss Jessica, right? You're doing kids story hours and stuff. You were ahead of the curve. I love that. Talk about um, how you felt the need to create that separate persona and how you were able to like gain gain by doing that. Yeah, I I did I've done all ages events for a very long time before 2018. Uh and I decided to go to this uh it was a literacy day. It was people with careers go in, read a book and they talk about how reading and literacy and education is important to do what you do in your career. So I talked about how going to college helped me become a drag queen. Uh they asked a bunch of questions. My book was on bullying and how you should treat people with kindness. And two parents that uh, weren't did not even have kids at that school. They were just part of the district complained, and it went international heat. Um, this, it, it went all over the fucking world. Uh, Rush Limbaugh talked shit about me in a little like three minute podcast. It, it just went everywhere. It was something wild that I didn't expect to happen. Um, but it was also a big realization to take this moment and turn it into Miss Jessica. I had the chance to be on Daily Blast Live and actually talk about what it means to have representation in the classroom versus how is my career any different than anyone else's career uh, or the career of an actor. Um, and Miss Jessica was born from there and it started, people started latching on to it. The way that I talk to kids is very realistic in, in terms of when we do Q and A's and I love reading books to littler kids. But when you have that age group, where they're actually curious about life and they have questions or if they're in high school or if they're even in college, I've done drag story times for college adult ones. People are curious about what this life is like and whether that is for whatever interest, uh, the representation matters. So she's blossomed and goes into different spaces to, to see the kids and, and be that, that representation piece. That's great. Trailblazer. Once again, I like that a lot. And speaking of trailblazing, I mean, you do 
I want to take a little break because you do some amazing work on video. You have two shows. You have your uh, Jess Talks, which is fantastic. I'm going to play a little clip of that now. I was watching a few of the videos. I like the ones you talked about friendship and you got to see some old friends from back in the neighborhood and just really, I, you and I are the same way. We kind of have the same kind of, it's really tough to keep friendships and it's, uh, it's a little something. So let's take a quick break. All right, we're here on the Let's Straight Show. We're talking to Jessica Lahore right here on the Let's Straight Show. We'll be back in just a couple of seconds. Attention Lahore. Attention Lahore. Attention Lahore. Attention, attention. Here I am walking down the street, seeing all the boys trying to take a peek. Shorts pulled up, a chest upright. Come on, boys, just take a bite. Look, but don't touch, spin it round and round. Okay, so this episode is all about friendships, friendships in drag, um, my values in friendships, and all kinds of, of shenanigans like that. So I consider myself um, a difficult person to make friends um, for various different reasons. I think that a lot of it was before drag, so... I, I remember having a really difficult time growing up and making friends, um, specifically because I was meticulous in particular, and I think a lot of it had to do with that I was so closeted. Um, I attach myself to people, and when I don't understand when friendships break and that attachment is is disconnected, I really struggle you know, tearing down a wall. I feel like everybody works on building up these walls and tearing them down depending on what makes them comfortable and uh, what trauma they have or who they're going to let into, uh, jump the wall, let down the gate, come on into my life. And I have very few friends that I would consider I've had for like the entirety of my life. Um, and if I go like way, way, way back to when I was growing up, it is wild to me to think that like my childhood best friend, Ian, um, and his brother, I was like a second family growing up, the Stelmonks, uh, like a second family growing up. And you kind of forget a lot of those, those childhood memories, those moments until they all just flood back. They're all compartmentalized in different spots. And recently, probably about a month ago, or uh, I don't, it'll be a different timestamp when this podcast comes out, but uh, my childhood best friend came to a drag show that I was at and messaged me and said, hey, we're in town. We want to come see Jessica Lahore. And I was gooped. Mind you, I haven't seen anybody in this family for probably... 15 to 20 years. Damn. Yeah. Maybe 15 to 18 years. And not only did they show up, it was like reconnecting. Like that is your childhood best friend. You hug them. You get, I got so excited. And they're just people that have that little special place in your heart that you'll never forget them. You'll never lose those memories. You'll never um, feel distant from them. And I think a lot of the times I look at friendships and relationships around me and I'm worried about there being such a loss and disconnect that I recluse and I, I just stay to myself and I don't try to reach out or connect because this was a magical moment. Not only did they show up, him and his brother showed up with some of his friends. They all came in handmade Team Lahore shirts to my show, um, and it was magical. Oh, 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 it's magic. 
are back. That was my special guest today, Jessica Lahore, all the way from Denver area. Um, I love your videos. I love Jess Talks. I think you have some great topics, both fun and serious. This one talked about friendship. And the reason I like that is because the drag community, I mean, right now you have Drag Race, of course. It's gone on 15 season and All-Stars. It's got to be a different, it's a different level, right? Um, and you, I would imagine it's a little harder to keep those friendships. I imagine it'd feel a little more competitive. I mean, you've drag race, I think, had four girls from Denver, two of which won. Yeah. Um, so it's like amazing. How do you kind of find the friendships working in the drag community these days? Is it tougher? You know, it. I think that as uh, my longevity continued in drag, it became more difficult to maintain relationships with, and friendships. Um, I have had people that I've FaceTime and talked to every day and we've been best friends for we told each other everything and our friendship fell out because of a jealous moment, uh, a jealousy of what I was doing or a jealousy of not booking them or whatever, whatever the case was, a lot of it came down to, uh, the professional sides of things. And rather than having conversations, which I uh, may not come off as the most approachable human, and that's understandable. <laughs> but if you're my best friend or if you're somebody I talk to, there should be no reason you can't talk to me. And instead, a lot of the relationships in, in my personal experience and just it's harder because people will hold on to it and they get resentful and they get jealous and angry. And, and because they're holding on to something that happened weeks or months ago. And instead of just talking about it, it, it kind of crumbles relationships. So there's there's that aspect of it. Um, I've, I've found that relationships are really tough because you don't know, I feel like everybody's in it for something for themselves. Uh, and I'm okay with that, with kind of the understanding that that's what it is. But if I invite you into my home, uh, if I spend extra time with you or, or make quality time with you, if uh, we, we just interact or kiki different, then uh, I kind of, you know, that's what I presume our relationship to be. Nothing more than that. Right. And you're working hard, man. I mean, you don't have time for the bullshit these days. You got to kind of get, you want to make these friendships. You want to have these things, but you got to also keep things going. I mean, I love all of your things you've created. Talk about Diva. I mean, you started this great um, awards. You have all these other great things you've done. What are some of the things you're most proud of? Oh my gosh. You have done some amazing research over here. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Diva Awards. I've always wanted to, many, many years ago, wanted to do an award ceremony that recognized queer art, drag, the queer scene in Colorado. Um, cities like New York have it, and uh, some I think Houston has one, I think Portland has one, Chicago has one. There are all these award ceremonies that do this, you know? And so the Divas is Drag Initiatives and Variety Awards. I couldn't find anybody that wanted to do it with me seriously, so I took it upon myself and just made it happen and built it and did it. Um, we're doing our fifth year next year um so uh started from there i usually run it as a one-woman show uh, with some volunteers um except for the second year i had a very large committee and it just gets better and better and better it's it was really great last year it recognizes bar staff and venue owners and uh, community members that overachieved and, and got you know certain titles and awards and it's, it's really nice to have everybody in one spot Definitely. I love the way that does it. And I mean, you've done, you've organized stuff for children. Like I said, you've done a lot of these great outside events. Talk about what um, things that you're, 
I think I read somewhere that you were going to put a record together or something like three or five years ago or something. How uh, your music, you do this live singing. I mean, not a lot of drag does live singing. Do you do that in your performances? I know you do impersonations as well. Yeah. Talk uh, about I, your music, what that um, means to you. You know, I am recently diving back into music with my friend Tiffany. I don't consider myself an amazing singer. I consider myself somebody that likes to sing and on a great day sounds beautiful. And on a rough day that maybe we didn't do karaoke for today. Um, but I do like to put live singing into my acts. I like to have fun with it because I enjoy it. Um, but I recorded a song in Portland probably about four years ago that I've just been sitting on for years and years and years and years, like I tend to do. And my friend Tiffany and I are now trying to build like a duo team of like stupid spoof uh drag music and just see where it goes so this is all a new venture that we're diving back into that would be amazing i love that i think that's so i mean i love the lip-syncing part of drag i love the the impersonation and divas but live singer we have a great live singer here in northeast ohio where i'm at and it just it's, it's just kind of fun to see that you see them light up a little differently when they're doing their own stuff, right? The variety of it is just wonderful. If you have somebody that can just throw in a live number or burlesque or something different that just changes up the show. Oh, God, it's wonderful. I think that's amazing. And do you see yourself traveling? Do you like kind of sticking? You do so much work at home. Do you like to travel or are you more of a home queen or what's, what is your preference? So I have uh some social trauma because when i traveled last for myself i spent about a year planning a tour a 32 city tour across the country that i was doing for three months and i uh, it's started right at the time of covid why do we keep bringing up covid uh and it kept catching up city to city until it shut it down so i have not traveled since because at the time the first like year to two years traveling with a mask, let alone every city had different policies for what you could wear and how you could perform or if venues were even open. Then the year after that, it seemed like every airline was going through malfunctions. Southwest, United, everybody was just, it didn't seem fun to travel. And I'm definitely a proponent of waiting until my gut feels like it's time to do something. I will wait. I won't force anything. So any show opportunities that came to me and they said, hey, we'll fly you out. We'd like you to come out for this. Then I did those events. I got to go to Vegas. I went to uh, uh, Texas, uh, uh, Houston once as well, and oh no, San Antonio, excuse me. But they, the places that reached out to me, I'm eager to travel in 2024 and do a 50 city tour. I'm eager to to make that happen, and I'm unsure yet. But that's I really want to do a 50 city tour next year. They're tough to do. I, I take my show on occasion from Ohio to Palm Springs. I do the big gay road trip back and forth. And just that little thing. I only drive for a couple of days and just coordinating. That could be an issue with weather and the towns. And it's it's craziness. It's a lot. It's a lot of work <laughs> and planning. You talk about the Colorado scene right now. Um, what's it like out there? Um, is it a, is a strong LGBTQ community? What's what's that you're saying mostly in Denver? Talk about the scene there. Yeah, so I would say that the, there's a, a large queer community in Colorado, uh, heavy in Denver, uh, in the areas that I go to, Fort Collins, even though Fort Collins, Boulder, these surrounding cities don't have queer bars, they have a lot of queer people. And so people do travel down to Denver for those experiences. 
Um, I'd say the drag community is super diverse. We have a little bit of everywhere. It's oversaturated in the best ways. I'd say the queer community as a whole is going to have the same issues as any other queer community in any other city. There's drama sometimes, and people are involved in whatever they want. But uh, I'd say it's pretty. It's pretty great. It's super. I'd say it's more white than other cities, which is unfortunate. We, but the queer scene as a whole. But we have a very strong uh, population of folks of color and. It's got a lot of great diversity in, in gender identity as well. Safe spaces for trans people and non-binary people. Um, community spaces that make everybody feel like they can show up and be who they want to be. It's really nice. That's fantastic. And like I said, you keep yourself so busy, everything between drag brunches and hosting events. Um, does the drag community, do they really support each other there? I mean, is, do you find uh, enough events to keep everyone busy? I feel like there's a lot of support and a lot of division uh, in our community. I'd say this is a common thing in most communities, but uh, I feel like I make the effort to try to bridge some of those gaps in some capacities while also not uh, changing who I authentically am. I'm not trying to like appease people, but I'm also trying to connect with people. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of work for everybody. People are now realizing in the last two years that they can create opportunities. So they're going out and building shows and building opportunity for them to do things. And I love to see that they're not just complaining. That was a big thing before COVID, complaining that nobody's booking people in anything and go make go make some stuff. So it's really great. It's great to see people that are hard fucking working. They're working really, really hard on their art. There you go. And talk about your goals for your podcast and YouTube. I mean, you're you're heading towards half a million views already. You have over a hundred and fifty, or I think fifteen hundred subscribers. That's a pretty good base to start with. There, do you, do you enjoy doing that part? Because that's a lot of work too to get those things put yeah. together. Um, I've learned early on to truly try not to focus on numbers too much and just kind of do things because I like them. Sometimes I feel like when you start a new project, like with subscribers, even YouTube, I was checking constantly and like trying to figure out how to build my audience and build my audience. And the less I focused on it, the more I focused on the content, the followers and stuff came. So I've really enjoyed uh, every week I have a mar social media marketing meeting and a publicist meeting. And we sit down and schedule out what podcasts I'm doing and when I'm filming and what blocks of time I need to find guests and what segments and so at the top of the month we'll usually do a longer meeting that goes through the next projects that we're going to start and where are we at with releasing of these to be edited and i review everything before it goes out and, uh so I'm, I'm heavily involved and i just brought on a team to help me in the last year which has significantly helped uh, i've allowed people to put focus on things that i struggle in and put more focus into my business so Smart. We all need to do that. I agree 100%. And talk about, I mean, you're always looking gorgeous on stage, on your YouTube, on everything. You have these gorgeous wigs behind you here. Talk about keeping up the look. Um, you have such a great iconic, you look great all the time. Do you, do you feel like you like to experiment? Do you like to, do you get bored? Talk about how is it, are you able to keep the same look? Because I would like, I don't know if I would have that experimentation. I'm very vanilla. Yeah, so I I always have the phrase, makeup is too much fun to do the same face twice. Um, worst case is that it looks terrible and you fix it next time. Best case is you tried something new and you love it. 
Um, and I feel experienced enough with makeup that if something looks like shit, I can fix it with some glitter or some duct tape and it'll be just fine. Um, but, uh, I love changing things up. I have a weird way to compartmentalize in my head, like what looks we have a, a look tracker an Excel sheet so that I know what looks I've done for which series. And if I cross over that, it's a little bit different, but I love changing my makeup on the regular. I love uh, my, my drag lab. I'm looking around me. My drag lab is like a costume shop where I get to look around and say, what am I feeling? Do I feel like a summertime look? Do I feel like looking uh, stupid in a, an inflatable Taco Bell outfit? Like, what do I want to wear? That, do I want to dress like a Target lady? Like, what do I want? <laughs> this, like, it's just really nice to change it up that way. I, I don't want to be put in a box. Well, you have to give me a hint here because, I mean, as much as you look gorgeous in drag, Zachary's pretty damn handsome himself. I've been doing video podcasts now for just this season. I did audio before, and I'm breaking out like crazy. I put a little bit of makeup on. I don't look like a ghost because I'm <laughs> a very pasty person. How do you keep your skin so great? I mean, Zachary is amazing. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, that's very nice. I don't think that I have the best skin, to be completely honest. Um, I've come into skin routines in the last, again, two years where I actually asked an esthetician to help me learn what I needed to do for my face at a feasible cost amount. And sticking with that, sticking with routine has helped. Uh, but I still break out. I still have a lot of skin issues. I got Botox. That was nice. That was great. <laughs> there you go. I like it. All right, I can use all the helps I can get, <laughs> believe me. All right, well, Jessica Lahore, it's been absolutely amazing getting to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the Let's Straight Show. Let everyone know where they can find your amazing website that has links to everything you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and, and making the time to, to just sit and talk and, and ask about me. You brought up a lot of things that I have not had anybody bring up in an interview before, so... Thank you for the research. It, it really tickled me in the best ways. You can catch anything Jessica Lahore, Miss Jessica, or Zachary uh, at www.jessicalahore.com. That's L-W-H-O-R. No E because I'm illiterate. <laughs> there you go. But you're, you're French and ooh la la, so I like that. And where can they find you on social media? The same? Everything is at Jessica Lahore on TikTok, Threads, which I'm not a fan of, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and then the podcast, uh, Jess Talks, YouTube, Ask Lahore, uh, Jessica Lahore. Fantastic. Stay in the line for me, Jessica. Guys, we're going to have a special five questions with Jessica next week. Be sure to look for that. That's always a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Please check out Jessica's website. If you're in the Denver area, see if you can find her. She's going to be somewhere. She works all the time, it seems. You're listening to another Let's Straight show. We'll be back next time. Thank you very much for tuning in, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Left of Straight show. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor and please give us a five-star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com for contests and other news and information. See you next week.